Hi, I'm Ron Moorhead, and you're listening to the Paranomaly Zone. Look, I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen. It does happen. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, that's his Hey there, ponderers of the paranormal. You have found the Paranomaly Zone, your place for all things paranormal, unexplained, odd, and mysterious and we've got a great one lined up for you tonight we just had the joy of speaking with bigfoot researchers adventurers and investigators the midwest's first all-female bigfoot team the she squatchers jen cruz jenna grover and tammy trichel time went by way too fast Please go like and subscribe to the She Squatchers at their Facebook and YouTube accounts. She Squatchers official. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Again, we can't thank Jen, Jenna, and Tammy enough. We hope you enjoy our chat. This is only going to be part one, boys and girls. Trust us on that one. Here we go. Well, hello. Okay, now we have joined. Okay, we got Jenna. We got Jen. We got Tammy. We got everyone on board. Yep. Hello to everyone. It's great to see Hi. all of you. Hello, hello. Hey. So, hi, Jen. Jen, how do you... Jen, is it Cruz? Cruz, okay. That's why I thought it was. And... Yeah. Go ahead. Say my last name. Oh, gosh. Tammy Trichel? Yes. Good job. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very nice. I'm proud of myself. Wow. I'm proud of you, too. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing that with my last name, but some people get it right and a yeah. lot of people don't. What's your last name? <laughs> Carbno. Carbno, C-A-R-B-N-O. Carbno. Yep, I won't even, I won't even torture you guys with my last name, but that's that's okay. Well, now we have to hear it. What is it? <laughs> it's very German. It's Koffenberg. So it's Koffenberg. Koffenberg. Yes, yes. Literally uh, interpret or translated as to buy a mountain. So or buy a mountain, I should say. So yeah. Fun. Yeah. So do you own a mountain? I, I maybe in a past life I did. I'm not <laughs> sure yet. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to do some deep deep diving into that. But oh, hey, thank you, Jen, for uh for um communicating with me back and forth and getting this arranged. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks for having us on. And uh, we, Mike and I only we were unfortunately only able to speak with you briefly at Para Unity. We missed Jenna, and we missed Tammy. Were you at Para Unity, Tammy? No, oh, I so, live in Virginia Beach. Okay, okay. Oh, that would have been nice. It is nice. <laughs> <Why Yeah. not? laughs> but my name's Patrick. And that's Mike. It's good to meet all of you. Thank you so much. The Thank She you. Squatchers, Midwest's first all-female Bigfoot team. I still have your cards. I have. Nice. I have your bands from yep. Pair Unity. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have all kinds of Bigfoot paraphernalia. Mike usually is wearing I, his Squatch I, gun. Squatch I, have, I have this, and he's usually wearing your band as a headband. There you go. He's not right now, but yes. <laughs> so he's he's well attired. <laughs> so are you, all of you from Fargo? I live in Moorhead, Minnesota, and okay. Jen, Jenna's in Fargo, 
which were sister cities, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. And I used to live what? in Minnesota. I used to live in Minnesota. Oh, nice. I love Minnesota. Um, lived there for a while. Patrick's from Minnesota, and I actually, my hometown is Fargo. I grew up in in Fargo, and uh, I would I, I couldn't live there again. It got too big and crazy for me. <laughs> but it's still it is it is still my hometown and always will be and I'll always love it that's for sure. Good deal. It has gotten big over the years. Marco yeah. has grown incredibly. I remember in the late sixties and through the seventies where it was quiet. You know the traffic was no problem. <laughs> but, oh yeah, Mike. Mike's the old man in this whole group, right, Mike? That's yeah. what you like to try to. Try to proclaim yourself as he's the old wise man. So listen to what he has to say. <laughs> uh, no. Perfect. Uh, no. I love old wise men. So you're well, good, there you Mike. Go. There you go. Oh, very good. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. So can, can, I, can I ask uh, a, a lame question right off the bat? Um, who came up with the name She Squashers? Well, it was actually Lauren Coleman. Uh, was the inspiration for that because I was interviewing him for a radio show that I used to have, a paranormal radio show, uh, and he, I didn't know anything about Bigfoot, and he was enlightening me on that. And mm-hmm. he called female Bigfoots she-squatches. Mm-hmm. So, and it was his idea to send women into the woods without men, dogs, or guns, and he thought that would be the recipes for success in interacting and getting closer to Bigfoot. He thought Bigfoots would naturally be more comfortable and curious about some ladies in the woods if they didn't have anything threatening with them like men, dogs, or guns. And so when he when he said he called female Bigfoots she-squatches, it just made sense to become the she-squatchers. That makes sense. Yeah, it's natural. That's mm-hmm. perfect. I was reading something, uh, gosh, it might have been just the other day, uh, um, some quotes from, from Lauren Coleman, uh, uh, he's hopefully one of our future guests as well. We just, we totally admire Lorne so much. Um, very wise man. Speaking of wise men right there. Um, and what I was reading was interesting because he was stating how, and he wasn't stating it flippantly. He was very sincere about it. But he was talking about, you know, we really need to take a serious dive into the sex life of Bigfoot. And he, and he was commenting, he's like, people are, they don't talk about this enough, but obviously... They reproduce. Um, they're a physical being. Um, this is something that w- we need to take seriously. Is that something? Uh, uh, I'm assuming you guys are kind of along those lines as well. That you are open to any discussion when it comes to Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I actually we usually are speaking at Bigfoot conferences and things like that, but this year I actually attended one, and didn't didn't have a booth, didn't speak, just sat there and listened to everything that was said. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting because I, I was I was listening to, um, I think it was, I, I'm trying to remember because their, their presentations were kind of similar. It was between um, Cliff Brockman and Dr. Jeff Meldrum. They were talking about the bendiness of the foot and the anatomy of the Bigfoot foot. But then one of them went on to talk about the anatomy and the sex life of Bigfoot Mm -hmm. and they were making inner inferences uh, or intelligent guesses so to speak about what that might be like based upon their similarities to the great apes to other great apes out there Mm -hmm. and so like chimpanzees have huge genitalia Mm -hmm. okay and and they just go at it like crazy (laughs) and where gorillas aren't very well endowed and they have like harems. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 
Right. <laughs> and they like they fight for dominance with their big toughness, their big muscular toughness. Yep. And, you know, the, the inference was made there that Bigfoot physically looks more like gorilla than mm-hmm. chimpanzee. So sure. trying to make that intelligent guess that maybe it's more like that, that Very they true. use their big bulkiness and their and their manly you know, I'm the big tough guy, so therefore I'm the best mate here right. uh, to get the women in, in their group. So, you know, we don't know anything for sure. We can only make intelligent guesses and and until we, we have some really up close and personal studies on it. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Mike, do you want to take that? <laughs> no, I think that, that I, I am open for anything. I think it's a fascinating, uh, it's, it's a fascinating aspect that isn't, normally brought to the forefront and so i think it i mean it needs to be talked about in a serious manner and i'm i so i'm i'm really happy that you um i guess i don't i don't want to you you're you're just honest with your reply to me right now you took me seriously because i wasn't joking when i threw that out there and so anything that lauren coleman says i'm like yep we're gonna go with lauren so we he was sitting right next to you guys at para unity wasn't he i believe lauren had his booth Yes, we, we we love hanging out with Lauren. He's so fun. Nice. And we, you know, we were, he invited us out to dinner both nights. So we had uh-huh. them all to ourselves and ha- had some really good Indian food and, and <laughs> some great conversation, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. I, I could listen to him for hours. He has so many good things to share and just a wealth of knowledge and information. And I could just soak it up like a sponge, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, same here. Same here. So how long have you all been together as a trio? And uh, and will, when you um, go back and think about your first investigations, your first uh, dives into, into research to all things Sasquatch and, and Bigfoot, when did this all really gel for you guys? And was it, well, was it something that had been kind of simmering for a while or was it kind of a, more of a spur of the moment type decision? Truly, it was all Lauren Coleman. I interviewed him for my radio show. He made the suggestion that women should do this. I said, okay, I'm going to get some ladies together and go out and do this. I did not believe in Bigfoot at all. I didn't. Mm. And and so really, I just grabbed some ladies that I knew that were paranormal investigators that had some night vision cameras. I thought that would do good uh, for what we might need out, outside in the dark. But th- that actually didn't work out very well at all because ghost hunting cameras do really well inside haunted houses, but they don't light up the forest very well. (laughs) (laughs) But we, you know, we live and learn. Uh, Plus it's bigfooting is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And when something happens in the dark, most of the women get scared and they don't want to do this anymore. And, and that's what happened my first time out. Uh, And I, I was embarrassed to tell my close friends that I was going to look for Bigfoot at first and then after i had an experience and all these other ladies well the majority of them were too scared to get back out of the car mm. uh to oh, be wow. perfectly honest with you um i went home and i told jenna what happened and she was upset with me that i hadn't taken her with me and that i hadn't told her anything about it and and so then she hooked up with me and then i invited tammy as well but it didn't work out right away for tammy to join with us for, for right away but then i'd worked with tammy on other projects before but never anything Bigfoot. So um, so finally, Tammy was able to join in, and, and then it's been the three of us ever since. And it's just, it's, we've got a really good triangle here. 
We work well together and these girls are not scared. Even when I think they should maybe get scared, they don't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true, Jennifer and Tammy? Are, are, are you guys, uh, you have thick skins, you just do not get scared? You know, I think we all just put one foot in front of the other and we take a breath and we move forward and we do what we need to do. And if it's if it's something that's going to be um, a bad situation, we're not going to do it. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Absolutely. So Jen mentioned that you were both paranormal investigator, uh, investigators. Um, do you what are your thoughts on the alleged ties? Some theorists think or there are theories out there, you know, floating out floating around out there that Bigfoot does have a tie to the paranormal. I mean, anything from people claiming that they see orbs of light floating in the woods before they come across a Bigfoot sighting, UFO-related stories with uh, involving Bigfoot. Where do you guys sit along those lines when it comes to their relation, their possible relationship between Bigfoot and the paranormal? We all have different ideas about that. Sure. And and so, but what's really cool about us is that we accept each, that each other has a different idea and belief mm -hmm. system on that. And we are all open to whatever it is that we find that to be, to be the truth. Sure. So I think that's really healthy for us because uh, a lot of people, if they think that they know what it is already they're not really open to being it being something else even when they see like there's a lot of big footers out there that are like no there's nothing to do with lights and then they see the lights and they don't want to talk about it to anybody because now they've seen the lights yeah. but you know they've already said that that's not real so <laughs> mm -hmm. so i think it's good that, that we're open and we accept each other's ideas and beliefs and we just go at it from all different angles i'm part native american so I have talked to the native elders from my tribe and other reservations as well. And I really in, enjoy those stories, the traditional stories. And a lot of the stuff is would be metaphysical or paranormal in, in nature would be classified as. Uh, and I, I take all of those stories to heart and, and hold it very sacredly. But my rational part of my mind needs to see proof of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe it as much as I can. And I hold it sacred as information for my tribe. But the rational part of my brain that's still there yeah. needs to see evidence of it for myself. And then I go, sure. oh, okay. And we have seen some things that make me go, hmm, that just seems to really fit now, doesn't it? Yeah. That 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 this happened. Um, so, you know, uh, Tammy has, Tammy goes all the way. Tammy, you want to tell them what you think? Yes, Tammy, let's hear from you. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I always have to preface everything that I say that my views are my own and I do not represent the team. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> um, I personally believe that they're an interdimensional being. And I think that um, there are many realms in existence. And I think that in each realm that they are in, that is the form that they take. So ours is a physical realm. So I feel that when, when they're here, they are physical. And I do believe that they can travel interdimensionally and um, I think there's a lot of information that leans towards there being a tie with them and UFOs. Um, I'm open to that idea. I haven't, you know, completely accepted that. Yes, that's the way it is, but I'm open to the idea, but I definitely feel that there is a lot more out there than we're aware of. And just from all of the information that I have gathered personally, I think they're interdimensional. Fascinating. I love that. You know, that's, that's, Awesome that you brought that up because my my very professional notes that I wrote down here, I, a lot of these bullet points I wrote down, I have. Nobody underlined. else can read them, but him. It's yeah. just, just scratching. <laughs> hey, come on! I write a little bit better than that, Mike. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but I have underlined here, you know, Chad, your thoughts on Bigfoot being an internet, interdimensional being, because that's something that Mike and I have talked about several times, and we have our own thoughts. Mike, what do you, what are your, would you care to share well, your thoughts? You know, that deep conversation we had just the other day with uh, Ron Moorhead, um, and he right. believes in a lot of that uh, very spiritual aspect of everything, the interdimensional, and I don't know, you just need to look at everything, and I think it's more than just a physical creature that is just roaming the woods you know sure. there's there's more to it than that and uh, i think there is a paranormal aspect to it I really do what do you think jenna um sorry i was on mute i actually <laughs> when it comes to bigfoot i am just flesh and blood i i believe this being is very similar to humans and the fact that they are in groups that they can communicate with one another that they can that they're emotionally you know doing things emotionally act reacting to situations um but until i see i mean i want to believe i want to believe that mm -hmm. they are you know inter what do you call it uh my brain just went blank. Interdimensional. Interdimensional. Yeah. You know, I couldn't think of that word earlier today <laughs> either. No, but I would love to. I would love to think that they are inter interdimensional. Mm -hmm. But until more information is per, you know, gotten, I mm -hmm. yeah, I really can't say. But oh, I'm flesh and blood. Yeah, no, that's totally understandable. I mean, it's 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 definitely an out there idea. But you know, as as Tammy said, you know, it's something that. And we're we're all open minded to the possibility. I think that's something mm -hmm. that we can all agree on, and it's, we're, that's what we're all searching for, isn't it? So, mm -hmm. and we're keeping our eyes eyes out, our ears out, our extrasensory perception out as well. Definitely. Um, now, I wish we had so much more time. Uh, I have so much stuff we want to dive into here, so I'm trying to look for the good questions. <laughs> Well, um, get to him then. I haven't I, heard one yet. Oh, thanks, Mike. See, that's that's oh, Mister Mike. That's my, uh, Mike. This loves his. Yeah, I'm sometimes. the funny one on the show. Uh, I try to be, you know, that, and I don't always get there. But that was pretty funny that he said that. That he thinks that he's funny. Yeah. By the way, hey, um, you guys are good. You're funny. I like it. <laughs> Thank you very much. When it comes to um, your investigation, uh, your investigations, I should say. Uh, this will be kind of a, a a long question. Where have you? Where have your um, investigation? Where have they taken you? Where have your travels taken you when it comes to investigating? I know you're listed as, you know, Midwest's first all-female Bigfoot team. Um, any particular crazy locations that you investigated? Any particular investigation uh, techniques or equipment that you prefer? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you, Jen. Um, is there any, any equipment that you prefer to use or you find is more productive when it comes to researching and investigating Sasquatch? We have a unique approach for looking for Bigfoot. Um, and I, I think that's unique from anybody else out there. I haven't heard of other people specifically using remote viewing to locate Bigfoot. And that's mm -hmm. what we do. We, we, we call it geographic remote viewing because it's different from controlled remote viewing, uh, where we're actually looking at satellite imagery, areas from the air, take, photos of, of areas taken from the air like Google Maps or Google Earth and literally scanning the area looking for and asking questions is Bigfoot here and if there is I'm what I see on the picture will change 
and it'll either show me a Bigfoot face or a Bigfoot standing there. And literally, it's not, I can sometimes see the face, the expression on their face, and even tell you what what their disposition is. Is that a mean one? Is it an old one? Is it is it a young one? Is it a female? Um, and uh, kind of gives me an idea. Do I want to get close to that one or not? Sure. Um, uh, also, I've, I ask questions like, is there any Bigfoot evidence here that we can collect? And in response to that, I get, I get uh, whole areas will light up a golden color, hmm. indicating that there is something there to find. And when we have gone to those locations, and this is how we select where we're going. Nice. So it's not like we're just hiking through an area because it looks like it might be interesting or there might be something there. We're literally seeing something on the remote view first, dropping a GPS coordinate there and then getting there. And we like to find spots that have an area where you can park fairly close by so that when we jump out of the car and go directly towards it, it's kind of like, surprise, we're here. There you go. And <laughs> we, we've, we've done this on several occasions. Uh, we found a really cool... Um, den-like structure that was absolutely huge uh in minnesota on my reservation and literally we we i wasn't sure if we could drive on this trail or not i could see that there was a trail but i wasn't sure if it was drivable because it wasn't listed as a road or even a minimum maintenance road it was a handmade little trail that somebody on the reservation made to go back and collect uh down fire down wood for firewood Mm -hmm. Uh, so when we drove on it it literally scratched up my car really bad (laughs) (laughs) But we were able to park 75 feet away from the structure that I was seeing on the remote view lighting up as the golden light. There there is something here that we can find. And it was right there where I said it was. Jenna, that was the first time I had done that with Jenna. And she, I could tell when we got there, she didn't really believe in this because she wasn't really gung-ho to jump out of the car and start running like I was. (laughs) Well, no. You have to understand. I mean, I believe in Jen. I did not really understand remote viewing, so I really didn't believe in it. And after being shocked that it actually worked, well, I'll let you talk about it, but my gosh, it's amazing. It brought us right to, well, go ahead, Jim. Wow. It was a huge structure and it was unlike anything that uh, I showed it to Bobo from Finding Bigfoot. And Hmm. he said that he'd never seen anything like that before. And he said if his show hadn't just been canceled, he would have been on the phone calling them, the whole team to get up there and look at it because he'd never seen anything like that before. My goodness. Now. I think that perhaps they make different kinds of structures up there in in northern Minnesota different than what they maybe make in the south because we have such harsh weather. Uh, And they have to have different kinds of structures here to survive if they're not going to use fire. So um, I think that they're they're making more intricate structures for housing for themselves and for hiding themselves. Um, I also, you know, people people suggested that maybe it was some type of a, a hunting shelter or blind and and the I asked even the tribal elders about that, but even though I knew the answer was no, it, it couldn't be that. Because on that particular reservation, there is no deer hunting season. It is every day is deer hunting season. Really? And they hunt from moving vehicles. And so this was within sight of a, of a drivable trail. And so how they do it is a guy's driving the truck and one or two guys are standing in the back of the truck with guns aimed out. So if you're within eyesight of a drive something drivable, you can get shot. Right. And so we wear bright colors and, mm-hmm. you know, we're making sure that we're seeing nothing there. Nobody would have built any kind of a blind or a hunting shelter. They just don't do that up there. That's crazy. And and even though, you know, when I took the girls up there and I told them that this is this is the way that people hunt up here, uh, it was still quite shocking to them when they saw people drive by like that. They're like, oh, my God, 
there's guys with guns in the back of it. I'm like, yeah. they're not looking for us. They're just looking for deer. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, it, it can be quite shocking for them, but you know, it's just regular life up there. Um, so even the elders said, you know, that they believe the Bigfoot made this kind of structure and there were other ones being found out there. The one that we found didn't have a den inside of it. Like when I say den, there was one nearby that was found by a local that had a den dug down into the ground, like a, a cave slash tunnel area dug inside. The entrance was inside of a den like structure like that. So, I mean, there. I, I think that they're making these because of the severe weather. That would make perfect sense. That's a great idea. Great thoughts. Do do you do all three of you have have any opinions on so called maybe hot spots of Bigfoot activity and Bigfoots uh, where Bigfoot may be more prone to uh, inhabit or or exist? Is there any locations in in the United States that you think are uh, like I said, hot spots for Bigfoot sightings, Bigfoot activity, and and perhaps why is it purely based on environmental reasons? I'll go with uh, I'll, I'll, throw, that I'll throw that to Tammy. What do you What do you think, Tammy? Well, I think that in order for there to be um, an existence of Bigfoot hanging around in an area for a long period of time, there has to be a food source, a water source, and shelter. So mm-hmm. that to me right away says it's going to be in a forest, in the woods, um, maybe down south in the swamps, but they have to have a place to hide. They have to have food and they have to have water. That being said, um, I think that the most reports have been out of Washington State, Oregon and Michigan, Espe- especially the upper peninsula of Michigan in the past 20 years or so. There has been a lot more reports than there was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they're they're everywhere. They can exist. I think they exist in every state and even other countries. Right, right. You know, and that's that's that's. Uh, I'm I'm happy you brought that up because. Um, and Mike, I'll let you speak. Okay, trust me, I'll let you speak. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm I'm following along. I'll okay. chime in when I. You'll chime in when you find when you a spot. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to you mentioned other countries, you know, when, uh, you one. Who is who follows this subject would immediately think of something like you know the Yeti or you know the abominable snowman, however you want to refer to it, uh, Yowie, uh, and you know and within the United States here there are so many different names and so many different versions. Uh, do you do you think that we're all talking about the same creature here, or are there different um, out, offshoots of the species of Sasquatch? What do you think about that, Jennifer or Jenna? I'll ask you. Um, personally. I think it's uh, basically a one one species. Okay. Um, give me the question again, so I make sure I answer it correctly. Yeah, uh, it, as far as like you know, you hear all these different names worldwide and across the United States. All these different names: Yowie, Yeti, uh, you know, or even the smaller one, you know, Orang Pendic. You know, uh, and we have Sasquatch, we have Bigfoot, we have the Skunk Ape. Uh, do you think that we're all basically these are all just different names of the same being? I don't think so. I think a lot of it is related to where they are, the the area they are in, the weather, the terrain, you know, things like that. Where you know, in the different countries, we can't assume that everyone is the same. Mm-hmm. You know, they could be like cousins or something like that, or there you go, you yeah. know, different, uh, you know, just yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I and I do believe. Oh, go ahead, Jen. I I do think that they they 
that they could be the same species, but that they've adapted to their environment there quite differently. And like the skunk ape, you know, seems to be more aggressive uh, mm. than the, the the Bigfoots that we're finding up in Minnesota. So I, mm. they do seem like they're quite different, um, even in stature and, and their, their aggressiveness and the, the way that they live. Um, so I think that they're related, but I think that they've been distance for quite some time. Now, now elaborate a little bit on that for as far as like Sasquatch in Minnesota and, and how they differ in, in stature and, and their level of aggressiveness, how, you know, how, however you want to put that. Elaborate a little bit on that. Okay. So like in Minnesota, they seem to be much larger than like the skunk ape, so to speak. Okay. Um, and, you know, there's all these stories from the tribes about, you know, trading with them, trading goods with them, that they seem more like a people than an animal. And um, they just seem more like a people, like a wild man people, but intelligent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the the my tribe talks about actually trading goods with them. They're putting out goods in a basket and leaving it in a place for them and then coming back and the basket is filled with something else that they're giving back. So they literally had been trading with them. Um, there's some tribes even in Washington state, like the Yakima Reservation, where they did have in the mid 1800s, they had settlements of native people that lived with Bigfoot in their community and they could speak the same language. So I think that they're more like a people up here. Than, and I haven't really looked a lot into the skunk ape, to be honest with you, because I'm really kind of scared of uh, crocodiles and things like <laughs> sure. that. So, <laughs> I don't that blame you. Might encounter, that you <laughs> might encounter down in Florida. So I don't really feel excited about going to look for the skunk ape. But um <laughs> But, uh, but, uh, you know, when I when I am in my native Minnesota, and I'm on my reservation or a reserve another Ojibwe reservation, I feel like there's a safety factor there for me, because I can speak some Ojibwe language. And when I do that, my teaching is, is that they can understand you and they respect you when you introduce yourself. And I, my experience with that was my very first time of having an encounter. When we were getting surrounded, we could hear them coming. Oh, my. And uh, we were scared. And one of the girls said, Jen, do your tobacco thing. And we were actually on an Ojibwe reservation. And so I took my tobacco out into my hand and I started to pray in the Ojibwe language and, out loud. And I did a very formal introduction of myself, my clan, where I come from. And then I started to thank the little people of the forest. And as soon as I said, which is thank you to Bigfoot, everything stopped. The movement stopped. There was no retreat. Everything just stopped like they understood. And I was excited. I'm like, oh, they responded to that. And uh, I was extremely excited. And all the other girls that were there were scared to death. Well, of course, they didn't know what I was saying in the Ojibwe language. They didn't know that it stopped in reaction to me thanking it. Uh, And and they were just ready to go. (laughs) Let's get out of here. But uh, That's for amazing. me, that was that was confirming what the native elders had told me from two different reservations up here, one in North Dakota and one from Minnesota, both Ojibwe reservations uh, had elders had told me that you can pray to Bigfoot for help and they will help you. And so when I go into these areas and I, I, I feel like I have that in my tool ba- mm-hmm. toolbox of being able to communicate with them and ask for help. So, wow, that's amazing. That's I'm impressed. <laughs> that was a fantastic story, and I, 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 I unfortunately got the the dreaded warning that we have ten minutes to go. It's like, gosh, oh, darn it, we have so much to talk about here. Um, Mike, while I'm looking through my notes, what do you, 
what do you have to say? Speak up, my friend. You're sitting there in, in silent mode. Talk. Oh, I, I think it's all <laughs> exciting. And I know that Patrick and I have talked before about uh, just finding a place and just just kind of wandering around out in the woods. Uh, like, well, he's got a brother that lives up in uh, Babbitt. And, uh, oh, yeah, Babbitt, very Minnesota. Yeah. Remote area. Um, and I think there's stories there that uh, were of sightings, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I'm assuming that you that you, uh, and I'm talking to all three of you right now. That is something that you probably do not recommend for the average Joe to just wander out in the woods and and hope of finding Bigfoot. I mean, well, that, I would make we would plan. <laughs> well, well even, <laughs> even if we had a little bit of a plan, um, is I don't, I guess I don't want to ask you, you know, if you had any advice to give to someone who is interested in in this field and interested in becoming an investigator. How would you set them on their way to take that first step to becoming an investigator? Um, I'll fire that. I'll fire it up to Tammy. Yes. Yeah, I would say definitely don't go out by yourself. First of all, right. Make sure people know where you are, in case you don't come back. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) and if you're gonna, if you're, you know, you don't have to. If you're just getting started, you don't have to have thousands and thousands of dollars of equipment. Bring your cell phone. Bring a flashlight. You know, your cell phone's got a, a camera on it, and especially the iPhones nowadays, the cameras are great. And you right. don't have to go at night. You can go during the day. You know, they're not just nocturnal animals. There's been sightings during the day as well. So be safe. You know, don't don't go out and put yourselves in harm's way. Don't be aggressive, and don't try to antagonize them, um, or you're going to get an angry response. So, you know, what kind of, what kind of um, experience are you looking for? Are you just wanting to see something? Are you wanting to find tracks? You know, sure. be careful what you what you go looking for because if you stir something up, you know, you might get what you're you're looking for and right. you might not be ready to handle it. Nobody knows how they're going to react when you see something huge, yeah, <laughs> that's an animal or mm-hmm. not an animal coming at mm-hmm. you or even just seeing it, you know. You don't know what you're going to do. It's a flight or fight response and yeah, I don't think you would want to fight them. So, no. <laughs> well, and, and I do want to add too that researching the area, the terrain, the animals around the area that you're going to be in, make sure you look at all that because there could be and and like the hunting, check out what what hunting season it is sure, because yes. you may be in trouble. Wear those bright clothes, like Tammy said. There's so many different things that we could say, but I don't think we could do it in such a short time. No, I understand. I know. I I, I get you. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm glad, Tammy, that you mentioned that about, you know, you don't know how you're going to react. I mean, I, you could be out in the woods and some, you know, like a white-tailed deer is a peaceful, essentially harmless creature. But if you see a large one kind of running towards you, you're, you're probably going to go, wah, you're going to react a little bit startled. Who knows how, what else you're going to do? Imagine if it's an eight-foot-tall Sasquatch who's just simply taking a step towards you, not going to harm you, but... Wow, I mean, so that was a that was a great point, Tammy. You just don't Most know. Most people would probably soil themselves and pass out. Yeah, right. <laughs> not necessarily in that not order. Not my girls. Not my no, girls. No, <laughs> no we, we get actually, the video footage. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we uh, we actually used remote viewing in Tennessee, and we drove up to a spot where we were seeing Bigfoot on a mountain, and uh, we parked nearby the spot where we had seen it and I pulled out my phone and I actually still had service there so I was able to ask in the moment if there was any Bigfoot here right now and it was really dark out we couldn't see anything and on the on the row view I saw one and I said it's about 30 feet from the car that way Tammy grabbed the FLIR camera the night vision uh, thermal camera and she pointed it that way and sure enough it was there 
And Tammy should tell that story because she did not freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I did not freak out. Um, no, it was like she was saying, it was so dark up there. There's no lights up there at all. It's the top of a mountain. And you couldn't see anything with your eye. But when I used the FLIR, I looked over and it was about 30 feet away. There was one by a tree. And he was, wow. to me, it looked like he was sitting. Um, they, there's some speculation whether he was sitting or if he was standing behind a rock ledge using it as a table. But I'm sitting here, I'm trying to get this to record. It's the first time I ever used the FLIR. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here hitting the buttons and I'm changing, you know, the colors on it, but it's not recording. And I'm like, okay, guys, how do I record? And they're, you know, still getting their stuff out. And I'm sitting here watching him. He lifts his arm up and you can see all this hair hanging down. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I need to get this. How do I record? How do I record? <laughs> and finally I got Jenna over there and she pushed the record button and he let me record him for 13 minutes. He didn't run away. Wow. You know, we didn't, we didn't try to get any closer. We respected the distance, but he didn't run away. He just let us sit there and record. And he was working with his hands and it looked like he was skinning an animal to me because whatever he had in his hands was warm. So, okay. and it had fur. So I'm assuming that he was probably skinning an animal, but he just let me sit there and record him. And we were actually the ones who turned off the video and stopped recording before he ever disappeared. Wow. He was not worried about us at all. And we were not quiet. We were My quiet. Goodness. You know, we, I'm like, Hey guys, you know, and we're all blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 blah. He knew that we were there. We knew that he was there and he let us record him. It was an amazing experience. That is amazing. That, Unforgettable. There's, their video of that is on our YouTube channel at She Squatchers Official, so everybody can go check it out if they like. And Thank please you. subscribe to our channel. Thank you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, Facebook.com, She Squatchers. Um, uh, run, run. What was the name of their YouTube channel again, Jen? She Squatchers Official. She She Squatchers Official. Um, gosh, I wish we had more time. Um, that your story, Tammy, kind of reminded me in a humorous way of you know Mike and I were very amateur paranormal investigators uh, back in the day, and we're kind of getting back into it again now. And years ago, we had an experience where we were setting up the camera in a place that we were investigating, and right before us, a very large, bright orb slowly formed and flew towards the camera and flew away. And it wasn't a piece of dust. It wasn't you know, a bug or anything like that. And we're looking at it through the lens of the camera, and we're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that was very cool. It was very awesome. Are we recording right now? I look down. <laughs> nope. Did not have the record button on at that moment. And, of course, it never appeared again. So, you know, I, we totally understand yeah. the situation. We like have that. caught some pretty amazing things on uh, on uh, on tape or whatever. but uh, Audio, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On, yeah. But what usually has happened to uh, a lot of those, Patrick. <laughs> Mike deleted them. Me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, there's, I have a. Bad habit of somehow losing everything. It was it was hilarious. So I, I get turns it. out and turns out to be just a you know personal experience that yeah, but ah, it, no that, documentation that we'll never we'll never forget. Mike had one. I'll say it as fast as I can. Uh, Mike has has lived a very paranormal life, and one of uh, by that I mean that he has had occurrences throughout his lifetime since he was, since he was a little kid. And he lived, one of his houses he lived in was very active, very uh, haunted, so to speak. Extremely but active. We, you know, we used to do a lot of EVP recordings there, and he did some on his own. And at one point, he had the digital recorder going on the steps that went down to the basement while he was sleeping. He and, he and his then uh, 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 wife were asleep. It was the middle of the night. A lot of activity in this area. And lo and behold, on that recorder, you could hear running up and down those steps, little footprints coming closer to the recorder and then descending away from the recorder, then coming back up to the recorder, then running away from the recorder. It was the most amazing thing I had ever heard. 
and he deleted it. So <laughs> it's didn't mean to. <laughs> Totally, totally by accident. It happens. It happens. <laughs> it happens so much more than you'll ever know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, um, to, to wrap it up, I can't thank you all. This has been a blast. Um, we need to... To, to get together again and talk uh, we barely scratched the surface here this went by way too fast yes that indeed did go by way too fast unfortunately our zoom meeting decided to crash on us as well bringing our awesome chat with the she squatchers to an abrupt halt but have no fear there shall be a part two as jokingly exchanging messages with Jen after the show. She said, well, that'll just have to be a cliffhanger for the next time. And I agree. Mike and I both agree. We cannot thank Jenna, Jen, and Tammy for joining us tonight. We hope you guys enjoyed. Until next time, boys and girls, peace out.